Hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. Here we will delicately and tactfully walk through each psychological issue. Psych! This podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only. This is not intended as individual, psychological, or medical advice. Please proceed at your own risk and always defer to your individual medical or mental health care team. Basically, don't make it weird, guys. Right. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to Shit Your Shrink Thanks. You know it? Lord of the Rings? Yes, baby! Yeah! Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. So welcome to our podcast, Shit Your Shrink Thinks. This is a podcast where two shrinks tell you what we think about life, mental health. We give you fun facts about our own lives and how these skills are working for us. And today, our episode is about bibliotherapy reading for your mental health. And I was I was giving Michaela a quiz, a question to see in song format if she could answer and she if got I would it. know. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. yeah, I'm proud of myself for for knowing. That yeah. was really impressive. I honestly I did not expect I'm a, you would I'm actually kind of you thought I wouldn't know. Well I did it. I did it. You said you don't like it like you've said in the past. That those sorts of things are not maybe always your sorts of things that you are the most into. Which I is mean, the judgment. reading part of it, but I mean, that's on the movie. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> Look how like nerd stuff when I can watch it. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yesterday I saw a license plate and the license plate literally just said, I am a dork. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I was like, did somebody buy that for somebody else? And now they have to drive around with that. Yeah, I could I could have that license plate. I like all things books, movies, sci-fi, fantasy related. And that's part of the reason why I chose the topic for today, uh, reading for your mental health or bibliotherapy. And I think it's a good thing to talk about because there are, I think people do utilize books and stuff for their mental health. And sometimes I think people get a little down on themselves you know they could be doing other self-care activities but they've mm -hmm. spent maybe a few hours reading and then they put themselves down for taking that time to read yeah. when really they're they are doing self-care they are absolutely you know reading. so i think this is a great topic to talk about perfect well as a reminder folks we are looking for people to rate subscribe review our podcast to give us some visibility so go ahead and feel free to follow us before we get into the meat of the episode today hit the like button is that what the youtubers are saying smash the button so oh, yeah smash it smash it yeah <laughs> smash it good <laughs> okay all right smash so it real good <laughs> Don't don't encourage me, Michaela. <laughs> don't don't encourage me. So as you guys might remember on our podcast, we are still learning about each other here. And we usually sell, share a positive story or a what's good or just a story. It doesn't always have to be positive. So what's good with you this week, Michaela? My what's good is if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Mm, yes. So I am kind of a hoarder. And okay. I am, <laughs> I am somebody uh. who just keeps things forever until okay. they die. Uh-huh. 
And, uh, you know, for example, I have a curling iron that I still use from high school and I probably should get a new one because, yeah. you know, it's probably destroying my hair, but it still works. Like, yeah. I just never, you know. Yeah. But oh, I do know. I'm the same. Yes. We my razor this. finally oh. broke. And it's oh, literally no. the first razor I ever had. Like, I ha- got it in junior high. This is like a Venus razor from, you know, 19 something. Oh, <laughs> I mean, obviously, I replace the blades periodically. Allegedly. But, <laughs> yeah, they. I definitely go longer than you're supposed to. But the actual, like, holder of the blade, the actual razor, like, broke, and I had to get a new razor. And it was, I was kind of devastated. Oh, my God. I was I'm like, actually, oh, my God. I'm really sorry. Do we have a funeral now? Or what I guess, now? yeah. Do we bury it? It's yeah. Gonna, <laughs> it's going to be like that episode of The Office where Creed's yeah, like, Yeah, funeral for we, a bird. We had a funeral for a bird, man. <laughs> I don't think any of that's real. You're <laughs> not real, man. <laughs> we can have a funeral for a raisin. A raisin? A razor. <laughs> we can have a funeral a for a razor. A raisin would be better than a razor. Yeah, uh, planted. Yeah. Well, if if but you need I just, that, I didn't. No, I'm fine. But I I was just like, wow, like this is a whole nother level of, I don't even know to have a razor from junior high in your thirties yeah. that that's, you were still using. That's actually so impressive. I have to be honest. I feel like this is going to be one of my rants about society, but I feel like we just use and abuse stuff, and we're always discarding and consuming and. I don't know. One of my favorite podcasts in the world is called The Adventure Zone. And one of the big bad guys in uh, the podcast that they have, it's a, like a D&D podcast. Wow, I'm nerding out. Anyway, it's called The Hunger. The big bad guy is this hunger that can never be filled and just like eats universes because it's just mm. constantly hungry. And that's, I feel like our society right now. Yeah. It's just consumerism. like. Yeah. yeah. Just like this constant consumerism and FOMO. It's like. Jesus Christ, just use something well, till it breaks. And just breaks. getting something new. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, well, now there's a, there's a new new type of phone, so I got to get yeah. the new one. There's a new yeah. type of this. I got, yeah. Yeah. This, yeah. I don't love that. So I, I love what you've got going on. I think it's a rare quality. I think one cool thing about Michaela is she just, like, does not conform. She's like, I'm not doing that. I'm just not doing that. And it's not... <laughs> It's not like how I am where it's like rebellious and just because you told me to, I won't. It's like Michaela just is not going to. She's not going to say that she's not going to. She will miss the fad by like 20 or 30 years. Yeah, I'll just be like in my own little floaty world and then, oh, shit, I'm the weird one. Okay. I love, I actually love it. (laughs) Sometimes it is the non-conforming like, fuck, don't tell me what to do. Yeah. I do have that. I do have that. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's quite endearing, honestly. <laughs> oh, tremendous. Okay, that's a wonderful what, what's good. Uh, what is your what's good, Sunny? I have a couple of what's goods today. My first is, as you guys know, I like to read poems once in a while. Yeah. And this poem is directly related to uh, reading. And so I thought I would go ahead and read the poem. And the poem is called The Reading Mother by Strickland Gillian. So, Mm. quote, I had a mother who read to me sagas of pirates who scoured the sea, cutlasses clenched in their yellow teeth, blackbirds stowed in the hold beneath. I had a mother 
who read to me lays of ancient and gallant and golden days, stories of Marmion and Ivanhoe, which every boy has the right to know. I had a mother who read to me tales of Gellert, the hounds of the hills of Wales, true to his trust till his tragic death, faithfulness blent with his final breath. I had a mother who read to me things that wholesome life to the boy heart brings, stories that stir with an upward touch, oh, that every mother of boys were such. You may have had tangible wealth untold, caskets of jewels and coffers of gold, richer than I you can never be, because I had a mother who read to me. Aww. I know, isn't that so cute? Yes. I it know. makes me want to make sure that I am like a reading Aww. fiend to my child. Yes, I know. I actually um I tell my husband all of the time that growing up on books, I mean I, I had parents who read to me a great deal. Mm-hmm. They were very invested in books and it was something that really shaped kind of the course of who I am because I got to see these main characters, right? Who they had this this beauty and loyalty and they were had the trust of their companions because they were stalwart and courageous. And you got to see these things in action in these books of what it would actually look like to do the right thing, to fight evil, to try yeah. hard. And it was amazing. Like, that's such a cool example. And I feel like nowadays, you know, I feel like we just don't get that as much in the media. And I think it's cool because a lot of books talk about what it is like to overcome something, mm-hmm. do something hard, try. And I yeah. just thought, like, I mean, books can take you to a world that, you know, even if you are broke as a joke, you can go to the library, you can get a public library card for free, and you can read. You can even yeah. listen to it on Overdrive now. Like, there are, like, podcasts that will read books to you. I mean, it's amazing what's available to you via, like, written or audio form stories, yeah. though. Man, stories. They are so important. And they tell us of how things can get better and faraway lands. Oh, I loved the part about the faraway lands, that you could travel wherever and meet mm-hmm. these different cultures. It was just stupendous. And so I thought that that was a really cool thing. And I know that children who get read to, you know, statistically, they tend to do better for, you know, a yeah. variety of reasons. So, yeah, yeah. Well, I think there is something, you know, with most stories, there is that hero's journey, you know, yeah. and there's always some trial or tribulation. There's always a, a part where they're really stuck in some kind of situation that yeah. is not desirable, but yeah. they they overcome and they fight through and they persevere because they believe in themselves and they believe in their journey and what, you know, what task is at hand. Yes. And so there's something to be said about that. And I think it can be really inspiring and. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's my collection of what's good. The poem, wanting to be a parent who reads. And I don't think it's just about reading. I think it's like storytelling. Oh, yeah. I think it's like not – yeah, okay, the act of reading definitely, but telling a story and hearing a story too. Um, And so all of that I think is what's good. I just – I freaking loved it. So that was my what's good this week. What did you try for outside of session podcast experimentation? Mine was the self-talk and kind of doing that power of both and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it went pretty good. I I definitely noticed that with the the parts of my body that I am less amped about, uh-huh. I really have to focus in on 
what physically it can do as opposed to how it appears. Yeah. Like, so when I'm doing my and, I really have to be like, okay, but this is the magical instrument that it actually is. Like, okay, yeah. maybe it looks a little lumpy and flumpy, but it, <laughs> it does some shit, you know? <laughs> lumpy and flumpy. <laughs> so <laughs> I that's just what I noticed. But overall, it went really good. I think it's, it's a really, when you are struggling with an image of yourself, I think focusing in on the actual dynamic and the, like, what instrument that, physical feature does for you you know like your nose helps you breathe and your eyes help you see you know focusing on the actual component of how it helps you be a person (laughs) and like get through shit I think that's helpful I love that that's that's a very cool I it is I, I think you are describing a challenge that a lot of us have when we try to do these sort of mirror exercises so it's nice that you can be honest about it because I think it's not often that people just are honest about their experience with that. So, yeah, I love that you tried it. You're just killing it on the homework. <laughs> uh, yeah, for now. We'll see. Life, <laughs> life, life comes at you, man. Never know. How did you do on your homework? OK, somewhat OK. I'd give myself a C. So this is better than the failing grades that I have been getting. So I... <laughs> long story short I can't have fragrances in things that I put on my body so I cover myself in plant oils to moisturize uh, to to retain my moisture of my snake skin and so uh, I've been covering myself in these oils day in and day out and one of the things I noticed when I was covering myself in said oils is I kind of realized why people who are bodybuilders or people who are trying to look fly at the beach cover themselves into oils because it makes your muscles look good like oh, sure your yeah. muscles look a lot better so I was trying to like kind of like flex in front of the mirrors covered in oils <laughs> I was like yeah <laughs> look at that oil muscles I was trying to Arnold Schwarzenegger myself and so I was like yes okay your shoulders look nice okay your arms look nice okay you got a little back muscle look at that <sighs> you know so I was trying to kind of be the rock and yeah. just kind of give myself I, – I think sometimes when I stray away mentally from I'm trying to be pretty to I'm trying to be powerful and I look in the mirror with that in mind, yeah. when I look in the mirror with I want to be a fearsome witch who is beheld with fear by others, then – I can kind of like actually get into a different headspace about my body and yeah. think like, look at, yeah, you are a fierce and powerful witch beheld by others covered in oils and flexing in front of the mirror. Look at you. Yes. So I do. I, yeah. I think there is something with that mental shift of I am powerful mm-hmm. instead of like, I am, I am pretty and petite. Like, but do you really want to be petite? Like, no, yeah. you want to be powerful. You want to yeah. kick down a door. Yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's about like, you know, realizing that beauty can coincide, it's the dialectical yes. of both and, that beauty can coincide with primary power. Like the first mm-hmm. thing I want here is power and function. And then because of the competency that I have or the function or the power that I have in this area, then that can be beautiful. Like people can view that as beautiful. Right. And it's, you know, there is evidence for that, right? Like I think about who I know in the world who I perceive to be as beautiful or attractive. And the people who I perceive as beautiful or attractive are like functional, competent people who just like do a good job at stuff. 
It's mm-hmm. not really as much the physical side as it is their, like, abilities. Their persona. Yeah. 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 And just, like, <laughs> like their energy of, like, try, you know, just their swagger, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Like, swagger yeah. is, I think, really attractive. So if you can kind of just get a little bit of that confidence going. I, yeah. So I didn't do it every day by any means. I mean, who's got time to cover themselves in plant oils every single day? But I did do it some, and I thought it was useful. So that's a win in itself. I I give you, I know you didn't do it every day, but you didn't say you had to do it every day. So I still give you an A. Oh, hey. You did the thing. A plus, A plus. I love external (laughs) validation. (laughs) I need stickers now. (laughs) So this week's podcast, as we reverence, we're going to be talking about bibliotherapy. And we're going to talk about the different types of bibliotherapy. So Why is it useful and even some skills to use? But first, as usual, we want to understand the concept. So what is bibliotherapy? Bibliotherapy involves the use of books or other written materials to improve our mental health and treat our psychological disorders. Absolutely. I might even like expand that out and use it as like stories, you know, like books, written materials or stories, even in auditory format, honestly. Sure. uh, To improve our mental health, because there's lots of ways to do this. Like if you are visually impaired, you can hear stories. If you have a hard time with reading, then you can hear stories that would still Mm -hmm. have a similar benefit or, you know, hear information. Right. Right. It's often used as a complementary or alternative medicine two traditional forms of therapy. So we call that a CAM therapy, complementary and alternative medicine. And we add it to, you know, like our semi-structured or structured protocols. And there is some growing evidence to support its effectiveness in treating a range of psychological disorders. And honestly, for really mild things, it might even be okay on its own. But we'll talk about that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Generally speaking, you're going to be engaged in some kind of CBT or DBT therapy. And then Uh on the side, they're going to kind of give you this bibliotherapy homework. Like, hey, try this, do this, read this. But I agree. Yeah, we'll get into that. But there are very mild things that you could probably overcome just through bibliotherapy. Could and I have. Like, let me just be straight for it. Like, let me be straight up with people here. This is my primary tool that I use to get through a thing. Like, if Uh, I am, if I, this is my number one, I don't understand a thing and I don't want to talk to anybody about the thing, I will research the thing and read a book or listen to a podcast or whatever about the thing and literally just understanding the thing better and knowing what the options are out there, which is part of the inspiration for this podcast, but understanding what's going on and what my Mm -hmm. choices are is enough for me in a lot of situations, even in mild to moderate situations. I mean, I really think therapy is useful, but those of us who are (laughs) treatment resistant or just like don't want to do it or don't have the time, whatever, then this is an option. Um, Another type of bibliotherapy is even reading fiction books or nonfiction books or listening to stories, as I said, to serve as a mood altering agent. Or you can read self-help books. Mm Yeah. Yeah. Or you can even work through a manual on an issue yourself. For Mm -hmm. example, there are plenty manualized CBT treatments for depression, anxiety, or PTSD, like kind of like a workbook that you can go buy, choose, and work through on your own. You know, do the worksheets on your own time. Absolutely. 
So based on this, let's talk about the evidence that bibliotherapy has, and let's start in the form of self-help books. So depression and anxiety disorders are among the most commonly treated conditions with bibliotherapy, and some studies are showing that guided self-help books that are really designed for this purpose, which provide some structure and give you some exercises and practice assignment and activities for readers to complete, like they might have you do a journal or they might have you do a behavior, etc., mm-hmm. or they might just have you read some information. They have found that these are effective in reducing symptoms of depression and anxiety. So one recent study found that a guided self-help book was just as effective as face-to-face therapy for treating, I have this in bold, mild depression. Mild. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if you're a therapist, right, like we're maybe a little bit different of a breed. We already know this. So for me, like. Yes, I'm going to be able to do some stuff with moderate that maybe your average bear wouldn't be able to pull off. But like mild, mild depression, mild anxiety, mild social phobia, mild, you know, I don't know if there's mild trauma, but like mild symptoms of trauma, that sort of stuff. Yeah, this could be helpful. Definitely. And I I get it because it's it's giving you the tools. And and like you said, I think. Because we're in the therapy field, sometimes we could be a little deeper in the hole and and use these kind of tools to pull ourselves out because we already have some other skills in our back pockets. Yes, exactly. Like if you're already well versed on therapy too, like let's say you already graduated a course of therapy, for example, and you just need a little booster. This is another way to use it. Oh, yeah. Or you're really already mental health minded. This could be another way to do it. Yeah. And bibliotherapy has also been shown to be effective in treating Mild, again, mild, (laughs) specific phobias. So exposure-based self-help books, which guide readers through gradual exposure to the feared object or situation, have been found to be as effective as face-to-face therapy in treating specific phobias, such as social anxiety or agoraphobia. Absolutely. So we've also studied some other bibliotherapy options in relation to Uh, eating disorders, substance use or abuse, PTSD. And there is, you know, evidence is way more limited in these areas, but some studies are starting to find promising results when you use this as an adjunct to traditional therapy. So it like might help get people unstuck faster. So Mm. for example, a randomized control trial found that self-help books were effective in reducing binge eating symptoms in women with bulimia. Now this is in addition to traditional treatment. So kind of keep that in mind, but it can be useful. And there are several advantages to using this type of bibliotherapy as a, as a form of treatment. So what might be some advantages? I mean, one simple one is that it's often more accessible, right? Yeah. We, we, can, we can find a self-help book. We can find a story that is in line with what we are struggling with and, and read it. Sometimes finding that therapist or getting engaged in the specific treatment can be a real bear. Yeah, it really can be. And it's more affordable than traditional therapy, usually. It depends. It depends on who you are, what insurance you have, et cetera, et cetera. But usually sure. it's a little bit more affordable. So it can be a good, like, frontline, eh, I'm just not feeling great, read a book sort of a deal. Yeah. And it can also be purchased or borrowed from libraries, right? I think libraries are such an undervalued resource. I we know. need more funding for our libraries because yes. it's one of the only places that you can go and not have to pay to be at. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can just spend as much time as you want in a library. Libraries and... forever. Yeah. Yeah. 
Hashtag libraries forever. I mean, I freaking love libraries. I think they also often have like public speakers or like educational events and events for yeah. kids. I mean, libraries are the shit. Free knowledge is like the marker or one of the primary markers of a well-developed country. It's like free accessible knowledge that is not withheld or restricted. Can you like how grateful yeah. should we be for libraries? Oh my yeah. god. Genuinely, we need to give them more funding. I know. Libraries forever. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be our... <laughs> Hashtag library forever. <laughs> We're going to make t-shirts. <laughs> uh, oh. So these sorts of self-help books and strategies also allow individuals to work through their issues on their own time, in their own space, in the privacy of their own homes. So personally, I I don't know. I don't trust anybody it sucks. It's a it's a downside of who I am as a human being. And so I know a lot of therapists, I, but I am in the community, right? And so it's weird for me sometimes to try to find a therapist. So it's like, I'd rather just kind of work on this for a second, see if I can figure this one out. And if you're anything like that, where you're just like, I don't want to do this just yet. You're just not motivated yet or ready yet. Mm-hmm. It's not to say you won't later. You probably should later. And we should all maybe get to that point. But maybe start here. That's another reason. Yeah. And I think the at your own pace, again, is something. Life is so complicated and busy. Yeah. And sometimes, I mean, there are people who I work with, you know, we're, we're doing the same homework over and over because they haven't had time, capacity, motivation to take that step. So if you're doing it on your own, you know, that's you're, you're not feeling you're not held, you know, feet to the fire near as much. You can you can do it when you do it. And yeah. yeah. Well, and I think, too. So like if we do if we're doing a traditional psychotherapy, like with a protocol, let's say we're doing a 12 session cognitive behavioral therapy protocol. Yeah. It's like, okay, week one is this. And then week two is this. Two is this. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Like week one is what's here's the model. Week two is like here's what a thought is. Write down your thoughts every day. Now, week three is like, what? what are your emotions? How do those connect to your thoughts? It's like. Next, 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 next. And some of us, we learn slower or yes. differently. I, I feel Raising like I my learned. hand. I yeah. learn so slow. <laughs> well, and I feel like, I, honestly, if I'm going to try to discover, even just trying to figure out what my emotions are, it takes me a couple of weeks of tracking. Like, I need more data than one right. week. Right. Yeah, week. yeah. I need to work on this skill for several weeks before I elevate to the next skill. Yeah. And it to really understand how it plays out in both a positive and a negative situation. So when I do, like when I get different like experiences for the skill, I just need more time to apply the skills in different experiences. Right. Again, more data points. Exactly. Yeah. Just more data points. And so like for me, these, these things work a little bit simpler uh, just because I can I can slow down the pace. And yeah, I mean, some of us learn slower, but some of us just need more time and experience. I also think I'm really stubborn when it comes to learning something new. Ditto. Yeah. It, yeah. And so I just don't want to do it necessarily. And I'm not yet ready to waste somebody's time with that. <laughs> like when I come in, I want to be ready to do a thing. And yeah. so this helps me get ready to do the thing also. So there's there's a lot of advantages. And I think you do have to be careful with some of the, and we'll get into the drawbacks here. So there are some drawbacks. And I think one I didn't put on here that I probably should have put on here about bibliotherapy with specifically with self-help books is you have to be careful what self-help book you get. True. Yeah. 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 Just like anything, there's some good ones and there's some bad ones. So there, there are some 
that were half-cocked and the people really don't have any research or reason that they should be allowed to write the book they wrote. Yeah. But they got it published and it's out there. <laughs> and now here we are. <laughs> yeah, I actually think uh, when I when I give book recommendations to clients or give self-help books to clients, I have a couple of things that I let them know to keep in mind. So one is probably some sort of credentials in the field that they are stating that they're giving information on. So mm-hmm. you want to see somebody with an MSW giving information about mental health or social work or somebody with a PhD or a PsyD, right, about in those fields, you should probably see or some kind of master's in counseling or something, right? right? Like some training and some background. You should also be able to like, it's my opinion that if you were to Google this person, that you should be able to see that this person is not being, um, not saying things that are really outlandish or really not supported by evidence. And also that this person should be, uh, how would I describe it? Like you can tell that they've worked in the field. Like there's some way to verify that they've worked in the field. Yeah. 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 It's it's not just reading stuff. And <sighs> there are people who write stuff about research, but yet they've never done any of the actual practice themselves ever. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you want somebody to support their claims. So usually at the end of a good self-help book, there will be a references section at the end of sure. a good self-help yeah. book where they will literally go through like, these are the research studies I use to support my claims here. It might not be cited in the th- – because like that gets a little heavy for people. They're not trying to read like a research article or whatever. Right. But at the end, it would be cool to see the sources that they're using. And if the person is making some non-traditional claims that are not supported by research yet, they explain what led them to that or why they right. believe that. Um, so those are good ways to determine if a self-help book might actually be useful or if, yeah. you know, or if it's recommended by therapists, et cetera. Um, that could let you know. Sometimes I will go even I'll be OK with an MD or an NP, somebody in the medical field writing something sure. like that. If if they are somebody who has something to do with mental health, that's totally right. They have some too. kind of experience or yeah, exposure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. What are some other drawbacks, though? I mean, it may not be suitable for individuals with severe or complex psychological disorders who may require more intensive or and personalized treatment, right? Because these yeah. these books and these, I mean, it's very it's a very broad base, and you have to really be able to apply to yourself. And if if you're pretty deep in the sauce, you might need some some help, right? You might need that outsider perspective and that personalized treatment to right get help get you out of it. Right. And so let let's say that you had uh, one one thing that can be difficult is like a. A psychotic disorder. So mm. if you're seeing or hearing things that aren't there, it's difficult to kind of like distinguish what reality is right now. That might not yet be a place to start. If you're having really, really severe trauma responses, you can use it as adjunct, but maybe not solo, any sort of suicidal or homicidal ideation, any kind of like medical condition along with this. Like if you have an eating disorder and it's causing like a medical condition, these things are not this is not a solo sort of adventure at right. that time period. Um, we also hear an, an, another time when it's not useful is when you're an individual who struggles to find motivation or you find it difficult to engage with the material without the support of a therapist or another mental health professional. So, right. like, I would, you know, like people with ADHD, they don't usually tell me that they find the self-help book. So when I see them, they're like, yeah, you 
don't give that to me because I'm not going to I'm I'm not going to be able to do that outside right. of session. Like, realistically, right. this is not going to apply to me. Please don't. So that's another one. Or if you have like if you have a reading disorder, you probably want to use the auditory sorts of yeah. formats. Or if you have an auditory learning disorder, then you want to use the reading formats. But if you have both, maybe this is not for you, if right. that makes sense. Yeah. And it may not also help if with social isolation. So if you're uh-huh. already somebody and what you really need to be doing is getting out. Yes. Telling someone to stay in and read or, yeah. you know, engage in this probably isn't going to be helpful. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Although reading can, if we're in the fiction department, not in the self-help department, if we're in the fiction help, fiction help? <laughs> I, <hope that, laughs> I want to see that at Barnes and Noble. <laughs> fiction help department. I will go to that department. <laughs> But if you are reading fiction, it can help you feel less isolated, but we do actually need real human being social supports. Yeah. And, you know, it it often does not include interpersonal and tailored interactive feel that therapy does, right? When we are engaged in therapy, there is a real interactive piece where we are getting direct feedback in the moment. That can help us learn and advance where, you know, obviously you're not going to be getting that feedback from yeah. a book or an audio. That... Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then another thing I don't have here is if you've already tried it and it has gotten you somewhere, but you need more places to go, then that's sure. another time that, that books may not be it or self-help may not be it. The other thing is, is like some people just find it corny. So like it depends on the self-help book you're reading, whether it feels yeah, corny or not. I right. have to like have a specific type of self-help book that doesn't, isn't trying too hard or. Right. That isn't know. overly flowery. Yeah. Flowery. Yeah. yeah. That'll kind of, that'll kind of not work out for me. Uh, so like the ideal person who uses the self-help book for bibliotherapy is like kind of at least, you know, we've got average emotional and cognitive intelligence, not super severe in psychological, but like mild to sometimes moderate, um, has used reading or written formats before successfully, not experiencing psychosis, and is fairly socially integrated. Like, doesn't, maybe is a little overwhelmed or a little anxious or that sort of person is somebody who might benefit from this. So, these are some ideas. Uh, and and do you have, Makila, do you have any particular books that you really like in regards to self-help books that you've recommended to clients or anything like that? I have a couple, but I like to let people kind of go on their own. There are a couple of Brene Brown books, but I can't remember their titles. I think one's like Out of the Wilderness or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. What do you like about the Brene Brown books? Uh, they have kind of that journaling aspect, and it is it is kind of inspiring that hero story within with most of them. Yeah. Okay. I didn't realize they had interactive components. Yeah. That's very cool. That's very cool. And then in regards to kind of like workbooks, for example, I mean, there's Mind Over Mood, which is a cognitive behavioral therapy workbook for depression, which actually can be quite helpful. And if you were to look at like... Amazon or uh, Google and you sit and you type in mind over mood, it will give you other similar books that are also workbooks for depression that are cognitive. You could literally Google cognitive behavioral therapy workbook for depression. And that would get you like 10. A whole bunch. Anything, yeah. anything that's written by Beck, any one of the Becks, like Judy oh, Beck, yeah. 
or yep. Aaron Beck. Those are always really good. Or if they have a forward by one of the Becks, B-E-C-K, those are those were the founders and creators of cognitive behavioral therapy. So yeah. anything by one of those, or Barlow is another big name in the field. Anything written or created by the Barlows, very good. Or anything, now this is a different person and I'll go to that one, but anything created by Hayes, H-A-Y-E-S, usually really good in the field. Or what's the mindfulness guy? Ugh. The, Not- the linen hand? Oh, Linehan is, yeah, anything created by Linehan. She also has workbooks. So there's a dialectical behavioral therapy workbook by Marsha Linehan, which is really yeah. exceptional. If that yeah. one, I don't know, that was a little complicated for me. I'm be you might need, Yeah, you might need to have a little extra knowledge or skill before oh. tackling that one. Sometimes I, as a therapist, I'm like, wait, what am I supposed to do here? <laughs> like, what do you want? Marsha, help me. I'm too dumb for your book. <laughs> but yeah, that one you can work through with a therapist. That one's a really helpful one. But I, I needed to be trained on that one. And then another one is called, it's an acceptance and commitment therapy book. And it's called Get Out of Your Head or Mind and Into Your Life. And I think that's by Stephen Hayes. And that's, um, these are all just like, those are your evidence-based therapies, but then they've created workbooks for people to use, you know. Yeah. And sometimes the therapist will use that with you in session. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, it's a different experience using it with a therapist because therapists are very well trained how to do this. So, like, a lot of us would just read it and be like, okay, straightforward enough and not really get all of the meat out of it. Um, so if your therapist is using it, it doesn't mean that they're not doing, like they're not adding some special Right, thoughts. that there's not like legitimate good therapy. Yeah, yeah. they're just, here, do this workbook. Yeah. No, they're actually going to help you dig through that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah, but it's like a structured way to do it. So right. those are some ideas for self-help. Yeah. So there's a growing body of research that does support that reading books for pleasure can have a really positive impact on mental health. And there are several key findings for that that we can talk about next time. Um, We are going to break this into two sections. So the first section is just, again, those self-help informational books. And the second section will be about, all right, let's do the fantasy and the stories and things like that. Uh, so for today, we'll kind of think more about what are we going to do for our outside of session practice? I think for myself, I am. So we know that I'm not a great reader, <laughs> <laughs> but but what I want to do is get more in a routine of reading to my daughter. Ooh, I mean, so the books that I read to her are a lot easier to read than, you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> than yeah. the average, average bear. Um, and I already am, you know, I've really enjoyed the times that I have read to her, but I haven't quite gotten to a full like swing routine where like every evening we're reading a book mm-hmm. and I would like to try to get a little more into that routine. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm gonna I like that. that. And the How last- about you? Well, I'm just going to validate what you're saying because the last pediatrician appointment I was at, they're like, here's a book, start reading to your kid. And I was like, wow, this is really early. I'm not sure that he understands the difference between the words I'm saying yet. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, definitely not. Definitely not. No. So I don't know. Do you know when they actually start to really understand that you're reading them a book? I have no clue when that is. I'm sure the habit is really important, but. Right. Yeah. I'm not sure about that. Yeah. To me, it's more so making it part of like something that they yeah. are used to and in, yeah. in like a routine like a routine for myself honestly yeah more, it's more about me taking the effort and making sure we have like a couple books ready to read as I'm trying to 
fight her to sleep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> as you as you hog tie her and you're yes, like, sleep. Yes, as exorcism of my baby is happening <laughs> while I'm reading. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what you are actually reading is the Bible and you are actually reading the words, the power of Christ compels you. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Pay no attention to the sizzling. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I could. I could probably do something similar. Honestly, um, we, like I said, we got some recommendations and books that were saying, "Hey, maybe you should start these sooner." So that could be something. I don't know that I'm necessarily yet motivated for that. I think for me, I'm probably motivated to return to my own personal reading. I was reading a really cool book um, called Complex PTSD by Paul Somebody. Paul Somebody. Uh, the, <laughs> the audience could look it up, but I have it on my Kindle. And I thought it was just this really interesting, like, it was helping clinical practice. It was helping me to kind of, like, keep in mind things for myself. Like, they have, bo- they have like, ideas that are not just for, yes, it's for complex PTSD, but some of it's, like, very good just information yeah. about self-help and I, it's written in a way that's like easy to understand and so I'd like to get back to that but honestly what I'm really gonna probably get back to is just more like stories I, I just I like stories I like to read yeah. sci-fi fantasy it's been something that was big to me I grew up my uh, dad used to read sci-fi fantasy fantasy to me the first book we ever read was the first book I ever read was Green Eggs and Ham I think but the nice. second book that we read as a unit was The Hobbit, right? So, like, we just read The Hobbit every night. And I, I That's could. That's awesome. Yeah. And I read the Wheel of Time series, which is the new one that came out on Amazon. Like, I started that one when I was really young. And it just finished a couple years ago. Like, because it's, I think, 15 books. And I'd love to. I never actually finished it, if you can believe it. I think I read like. 10 of the books or something like that. So one of these days I would like to get back to some of those things, but maybe I'll just like stick with my young adult novels right now. Like the easy yeah. breezy ones. Freaking. Well, you have so much going on. I mean, yeah. To, yeah. I let, or just like even just listening to a poem or something like that. But I just want to yeah. hear some stories, like short stories, poetry, something small. I don't need like a whole big deal. I was listening to a podcast that would, like, read you little stories. That was cool. So maybe I'll go back to that. But something with short stories. Something that I can, like, get my creative juices flowing. I like that. I like that. Yeah. So do you have a joke for me today? I do. Okay. What did the avid reader say after having all of his books fall on top of him? Mm, I don't know. I can only blame my shelf. Oh, <laughs> I like that. That's a great dad joke. That's a really good dad joke. All right. I've got one for you. Why did Shakespeare write in ink? Why? Well, he couldn't decide what pencil to use, to be or not to be. Uh, <laughs> yeah yeah that's a gross one uh, <laughs> we got hey, some... mine was just as gross yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right folks well thank you so much for joining us on our podcast tour of part one of bibliotherapy again like rate and review us if you are interested in what we're putting down or follow us that increases our visibility and we thank yeah. you so much for your life minutes this week thank you guys we will see you next time bye bye bye